the vast sea of podcasts on the web. 99.99999% of them are boring at best and predictable at worst. <laughs> Excuse me. Whew. Can we open that? Can we open the door? This is the Buttercream and Grit Show. Everything and nothing all wrapped into one. From current event discussions to talking about... Wait, 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 wait. Squirrel! <clears throat> Where was I? From current event discussions to talking about YouTube and throwing two middle fingers in the air to political correctness. Suck. Suck. It. It. Yes, we've lost our damn minds. And if you haven't lost yours, turn this podcast off. Now for the crazy motherfuckers that stayed. This is the Buttercream and Grit Show. And now your hosts, Buttercream and Grits. Yo, 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 Buck Cream. What's happening, Big Daddy? We back again on the Grits and Buttercream Show. Hey, it turns out that Chinese spy balloon captured sensitive military info after all. What? You have to be kidding. No, of course it did. That's hot off the press. Oh, is it? I thought you were going to hot off the press that the UFC parent company was and was merging with World Wrestling Entertainment. You know, I did see that. Going to be interesting. Yeah, I can't. Actually, though, I think they're going to spin both of those off into a new company that's going to be publicly traded with the, seriously, with the uh, stock market uh, identifier TKO. That's an incredibly awesome stock market ticker. Yeah, they're expecting it. I think uh, they said about starting at about $106 a share or something like that. Wow. Tonight's a good night. I got a, had a book delivered waiting on the front porch when I got home. Hey, is this uh, podcast going to have a point, or are we just going to hear about your book? <laughs> <laughs> well, we can have a point. I mean, I, uh, I, I'm so listen, unused to you showing up that... You know, fair. I'll tell you what. I'd love to hear about your book. Well, first, I, first, first, uh, talk to our listeners and fill us in on what you found in your Sasquatch adventure in New Hampshire. I found no Sam Squanches. Well, you didn't, it's because you didn't get out of the bar. You're too busy eating cups of bacon. But, you know, I do think that the way to find a Sam Squanch is actually through their smell. I hear they're quite stinky, the Sam Squanch. That could be my wife. What are, why don't you tell me about this book? <laughs> well, it's it's called, I think this is a reprint. It's the history of The Hobbit. And it's oh, talking no, about how no. Tolkien came up with this idea and the different iterations of what he wrote that eventually became the hot, the story of the Hobbit as we know it. Okay. I'm listening. I thought you said this thing was a thousand pages. There's it is. more to it than that. No, it's essentially it. And it's telling, well, it goes into detail about how he came up with the characters. I think it has one of the original, one of his original rough drafts with his annotations and all that in it. So you can see his thought process behind the changes he's made and all that. Because, you know, Tolkien was a very deliberate man. I mean, his, uh, he was, I guess, what you would call an expert linguist. 
Now, do you think he would have done a better job or a worse job negotiating with the Saudis to make sure that oil prices don't spike? Because rumor has it that are they're upset over there that the U.S. is not going to fill strategic petroleum reserves and they're going to wait. So they're just like, okay, well, we'll cut production 8%. So oil will go to 100 bucks a barrel. Oh, I don't know. He... Uh... He, he grew up and pretty much lived in a time when the Union Jack flew in all corners of the globe. So I think his ideas would be a little bit different than America doing it. Well, you know, I'll tell you something exciting. A, a friend of mine uh, works for a company, uh, that, and so he's back and forth to my homeland quite a bit. Mm. And uh, he was commuting on uh, the ferry the other day. Okay. And, you know, we're just... Uh, text him back and forth a little bit. Was he bit. eating Tud Fisk? <laughs> See, I set you up. <laughs> now, I didn't ask, so it's quite possible he was. Let's go on the assumption that on the way back from work, he was eating the Tud He was fisk. sucking on that stuff, getting it all nice and soft so you can chew it. That's right. But so, uh, Norway had the first electric ferry. Okay. okay. And it has these two huge, like, crazy chargers on it. Well, I heard, though, through the grapevine. Wait a minute. No, this is side effect of that. I heard that y'all were so busy storing TikTok data, you couldn't (laughs) keep up with Ukraine's weapons requirements. Dude, it's true. I talked to a a colleague over in Norway today, and we were lamenting about it. How? Well, let me get back to the politicians selling everybody thing out. Okay. But so he... He rode on that uh, first electric ferry. It's got these huge chargers on either end that manages basically pump enough juice into that thing so it can make it from side to side. Okay. And Norway just launched the first liquid hydrogen ferry as well. Isn't that like cold? Or am I thinking of nitrogen? No, it's cold. you oh, got to okay. compress that stuff like crazy, and there's a certain amount of bleed off, I think. Uh, but pretty cool. Now, Back to the uh, not having enough juice to make munitions because they're storing Tickle Talk videos. I like Tickle Talk. Why do politicians not represent the people that elected them anymore? Because the people that elected them, suppose we ain't got the money to compete with them, and they're doing the bidding of big business and George Soros and all them other rascals. It's it's really disturbing. Uh, you know, uh, Norway has seen a huge increase increase in uh, energy prices, specifically for electricity, and everything is electric. Okay. Well, I mean, and, and a big part of it is they're exporting electricity to the European market. I'm like, this is a, a na- in, in Norway. It is produced via hydroelectricity. Okay, and the water is the people's resource. Right. So why is that being squandered and not being used to the advantage of the people whose resource it is? And we can ask ourselves the same question here. When we think about, you know, the big oil companies and yeah, we give them leases, this, that, and the other stuff, but they have no obligation to, they're a public resource. We allow them to drill on public lands. They Mm -hmm. pay a trivial cost for, for the lease. Uh, but all of the profits get privatized after that. It's totally insane. I do also with, with, in regards to that, there is a lot of overhead when it comes to developing oil fields and stuff like that. You're talking a multi-million dollar investment. Yeah, multi-billions of, not millions, billions. Right. So it is just kind of. But what I'm saying is other countries have managed to uh, 
to make similar investments on a national level where those investments benefit all of the people, benefit the citizenry. And, you know, you and I have, have we been about, able to do that? No, not even close. Well, that's what I was going to think because I'm still waiting on health care. Yeah. I had my doctor I liked. They said I could keep it. And then now all of a sudden I can't keep him and I haven't been able to see him. I don't even know where if he's still alive. Well, let's but I do have good news. My baby puppy dog has yes. great health insurance. I made sure that she was well taken care of, and she no longer has the baby puppy dog diarrhea. Which is fantastic. By the way, the health insurance thing is a huge issue. You know, America is the, the, the number one uh, cause of bankruptcy is medical bills. And it's not just number one. It's like number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. It's basically right. more than anything else added up together. Well, I figured it up. If I bought health insurance, because I don't have health insurance. I refuse uh, to pay it because I think it's a racket. Yeah, but so Grits, what are you doing? Just self-insuring? I mean, that's well, crazy. I look at it like this. I think I gave this analogy on the or gave my reasoning behind this. I have hospitalization, but on health insurance. So to get the plan that covers the health insurance that I had before, if you like your doctor, you can keep it. It would be twelve hundred and some odd dollars a month. It's absurd. It's okay. a mortgage. Well, now here's the thing. 1200 bucks a month. I go to the doctor twice a year, right? The copay for the endocrinologist is $70 because it's a specialist, right? Right. The cash price is 76 bucks. So I'm going to spend $1,200 a month to save $12. Let me take a step back. I mean, the purpose of insurance isn't, to uh to to make sure that you've got a reasonable doctor's visit right most insurance has really become catastrophic by its design and its nature so you know your deductible is eight grand you're basically paying a ton of money so that if you break a leg or something you're not losing your house well that's true and i do have hospitalization but i the the, the health insurance market as they get it is a joke yeah uh it is untenable and yep. until they actually want to decide to do something intelligent instead of the bullcrap they've been doing because that's the way they used to do it, I refuse to participate. Right. Uh, and they can take me to court. They can do whatever they want to do. Right. Just, yeah, but it ain't going to no. happen. Right. You, like, you're just, okay, fine. I'm not going to pay my medical bills. Like, they can't refuse you service or care. Well, I mean, I pay my doctor bills. But, I mean, I look at it like this. When I go into McDonald's, I know how much the Big Mac's going to cost me. Okay. Ms. Buttercream don't sound good at all. No, I hear that. Man, she's coughing up a storm in there. Hey, yeah. on, on, a, on a different note. No, wait a minute. I'm not done. I'm talking about the end of stone. This is important information. All right, all right. All right. We, I know when I go into McDonald's, I know how much the Big Mac costs, right? Yep. All right. But when I go into a health facility, I don't know how much the blood work costs. I don't know this. I don't know that. I don't have the important information it takes to make an informed decision. Now okay. we got, let's take, for example, we got Hold two, I need to, I'm you, not need, you need to pause real quick. Okay. Because it's not just a question about making an informed decision. That is a portion of it. But, you know, we allow the head of the healthcare industry to mark up something that costs $12 mm-hmm. to $600. Well, that's what I was going, my, my next thing was, is there's two separate companies, major companies in our area that do the blood work, right? Company A and company B. Company A for a full blood panel charges $115, right? 
Yep. Company B charges $475 for the exact same pound. Right. And I just don't, I just ain't participating in that. And I just don't care anymore. I, I am into deeper and more meaningful things. Mm-hmm. Because I look at it like this. I already waste enough money paying taxes. The federal government wastes enough money that we could Medicaid for all. And then if you want to jump the line, then you get to pay the privatized price to jump the line. Right. And by the way, that's like a reasonable system. You know, it's like we should all have access to a baseline system which protects us from financial ruin. If you then elect to say, hey, I would like to purchase private insurance on top of this so that I can have a individual room or, uh, you know, whatever, off day appointments, whatever that stuff entails, good for you. You should. But we, you know, if you call out from work after a certain amount of time, they're like, well, you need a doctor's note. Okay, right. but going to get a doctor's note is going to cost me $300. Right. Hey, uh, have you heard of this uh, Hyundai Ioniq 6? I've I've been more closely following the mid-engine Mustang. I haven't even heard of that. I'm listening. They're expecting, uh, I think Ford's going to release a mid-engine Mustang in 2024. Really? Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds pretty, uh, pretty cool, man. I will say, I think... Hyundai and Kia are crushing it. The Ionic 6 looks amazing. I think you might actually be able to take it for a test drive now. The range is great. It's got a very low coefficient of drag, um, which is, you know. That, is that the it, one that has that one single U LED light thing that goes all the way across the front of the car? Uh, I'm not sure, but, you know, I, I think that's the right approach to electrification, right? We want to make it smaller and sleeker so the batteries need to be smaller for the same range. Now, Kia also has like this EV9 SUV. Well, it's the same company. Out. Yeah, I know. Uh, and it looks killer, but it's like we we are so obsessed with huge vehicles that we're not getting full advantage of this migration to electrification. As part of that, we should be looking at smaller vehicles too. Well, I agree with that. I personally would rather have like a 1978 Oldsmobile convertible well there's uh i think there's a lot to be said for i mean them seats and them big old fluffy seats and them things them good for big old fat boys like me a bench seat is nice man with them big old cushions like you sitting on the couch at the house Mm -hmm. yeah i uh it's been an important weekend at mrs grits oh yeah oh that was wrestlemania weekend all right, and so how's she feeling about the merger? Well, I don't think she really knew anything about it till I told her when I saw it this morning, and she uh, she didn't care. I don't think it's going to impact her product that she watches or anything. But uh, you know, she because she still thinks it's real. Bless her heart. You know. I did. I watched an interesting movie over the weekend. All right. And uh, is it one of them documentaries? Mm-hmm. And not one of them one where they're hunting Bigfoot like what you watch, you know, stuff in the mountain monsters and stuff like that. Yeah. This one was on the Titanic. 
The Titanic. I've heard of this Titanic. Yeah. Well, it was on the actual premise that the ship that sunk was not the Titanic, but the Olympic. Mm, They also had a third sister uh, ship, the Britannic. But, yeah, the Britannic wasn't even finished being constructed when the Titanic and the Olympic were, when this took place. My point is there were three of them. There were three sister ships. That is correct. But the uh, premise of this theory is is the while the Titanic was being built, the Olympic was involved with a in a collision with a British Navy warship. So what we got to hear is a good old fashioned case of insurance fraud. Well, that's essentially what they think, and because what you would have been looking at if uh, the what they're alluding to is if the insurance hadn't have been paid out because the they were already in the hole because the Admiralty had already said it was the Olympic that was at fault when the original collision happened, not Her Majesty's warship, so or His Majesty's warship. So uh, they didn't pay to fix it, and when they put it back in, they think they're assuming that it took longer and more to fix than what they had anticipated. And there's a lot of circumstantial stuff, such as the certain... There was, uh, the, there was a few things that kind of changed when um, you started reading testimonies from the crew members and stuff like that. Like they knew it was the Olympic and not the other. And there was also a... So they just put different badging on it? Well, essentially, oh, there was something about the badging too because they said that normally on the ships, the White Star Line had the actual names engraved into the iron. And on Titanic, they were riveted on, the letters were riveted on. Uh, this one guy who, uh, in this movie, said that, or the he, the book that it was based on contends that if you, there are some of the photos that uh, Ballard and some of the other ones have released um, after diving the Titanic that show that there were some letters that had fell off and there's actually letters engraved into the side of the ship itself that they were covering uh one item that is up for contention is a propeller blade because uh, they're normally stamped I can't, I can't remember if the number was like 402 or 405 but um this guy they said that that's a clear indication that it was the titanic that was down there but this guy has uncovered documents from harlan and wolf who was the shipmaker that made it that actually show that they had actually taken a propeller blade from the Titanic and replaced one on the Olympic due to the collision to get it back into service. And there are some documents that talk about the Titanic listing to port and the Olympic was known to, after everything was fixed, it had a five degree list to port that they never could figure out how to fix. And then you had the... uh, like J.P. Morgan, who was the chairman and all that, actually, the majority of the people that were actually slated to go on that run actually canceled. And um, it's just a whole involved thing into where you end up getting to where instead of uh, not getting anything, they got a $12 million insurance settlement, which is about 380 some million in today's money. I think a dollar in 1912 is worth 31 today. So, uh, but there was also some contention that 
there were some people higher up in the British government that may have known about it due to the fact that if this they were not able to recoup losses for that ship, that the Harlan and Wolf uh, shipbuilding yard would probably close and there would be a loss of about 20,000 jobs. So it's pretty in-depth. You know, Gritz, I want to take a quick moment here to recognize an important milestone. What? You have finally told a story that has a point. I tell all my stories have a point. The problem is, <laughs> is they're just mean. usually too subtle or too cerebral mm. for you to recognize them. That that I, I didn't mean for it to sound that meme. Uh, meme mean. I was looking at this guy's brontosaurus tattoo, mm-hmm. and you know it's like on the inside of his elbow, and so like when you stretch your arm out, it looks like it's eating. It's mm. pretty cool. Mm. So I'm sure you've heard the uh, latest about tensions on Air Force Two with no. Kamala Harris. Oh, the staff is in a tizzy because they don't think the food is very good. Okay. And, and part of it here is, you know, uh, apparently people need to pay for their own food on these things. On Air Force One, the food is great, yada, yada, yada. Uh, you know, on Oh, Air I mean, Force it's, One, it's kind of hard not to get jello and stuff soft foods like that good because well, i mean they're kind of bland and nasty anyway yeah but they're talking about on you know on air force one you travel on air force one a lot oh you know your meals can cost you a thousand dollars a year that's a lot of money for a low-level staffer it's like that's what you're complaining about the fact that you eat these luxurious meals while traveling on air force one i mean can we get some sense of perspective i of think what they should rent a is? rent a a Prevost bust and let them travel around like that. Let them eat at the TA truck stop. You know, uh, which ju- chicken fried steak with extra gravy, mashed potatoes with extra gravy, and green beans with extra gravy is good eating. You know, John Madden always used to travel by a Prevost bus. Mm-hmm. He was not a flyer. He was not. He probably had the same problem I did. Big old boys don't fit in them little airplane seats. Well, I think for him, it was uh, he was just afraid to fly. But, you know, to your point, maybe there was a comfort thing in there. Like if I was going to fly over there to visit with you in your native land so I could educate them on the finer things of the English spoken language and give them the nuance of the Southern language, it cost me like 10 grand. Yeah, first class ticket's going to set you back some dough. Well, I know that. I'd probably have to buy three just so I'd be comfortable. I could stretch out. Where am I going to put my baby puppy dog? Oh, you can't bring your dog. Oh, I'll, if I'll bring my puppy dog. You're going to have to. No, they, you can't bring your uh, dog to uh, Norway. He's got, She's smarter and probably got better health certificates than most Norwegians. Is. Also true, but uh, actually maybe something changed recently. But uh, Norway had uh, basically forever not had rabies. And so if you wanted to bring a dog, it had to stay in quarantine for the incubation period of rabies, which is well, very she's, long. She's vaccinated. Yep, but even with shots and stuff, you uh, you couldn't do it. And they're going to worry. Now, here, so here's where Norwegian messes up. Mm-hmm. They're going to worry about my baby puppy dog having rabies. They don't need to worry about her. The one they need to worry about is her 497-pound owner. You, you know, true. And I saw you bite that guy that one time. Well, so, he I mean, ought not to try to eat my little Debbie. No, I mean a legitimate concern for all involved. It doesn't. He doesn't got my dander up. 
Well, I mean, I think that guy lost a finger. Has well, that been settled yet? No, it's on, I'm on payment for the six easy pay plan to the courthouse. <laughs> the easy pay payment plan. <laughs> but I could get it back because I know I know some people of a certain um, persuasion that for the right money, they'll make somebody disappear. It's a magic trick. Oh, I was going to say, you know, a magician, that's fun. It's a magic trick. You ever watch Seinfeld? Hey, you know what comes up Friday, don't you? Easter? Friday is not Easter. It's coming up on Sunday. Easter is Sunday. Friday is Good Friday, which actually had something bad happen on it. I'm listening. You really don't know? No, I just this. I just. I think you should tell our audience. I'm obviously aware. I'm very culturally broad and aware. Friday is the day that is accepted that they crucified our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. And then on Sunday, they're like, "Where is that guy?" He done rose from the dead and brought the the keys to death and the grave and hell with him and kicked them gates down and said, "Devil I ain't playing your crap no more." I'm gonna stomp Jim. your head. He talked like he talked like uh, like. Uh, I am convinced on. God talks like a southerner. I agree with Louis Grizzard. And you know uh, what? Speaking of that, I agree with Louis. There is nothing in this world worse than watching a Yankee or a North Midwesterner play a southerner in a movie. Well, it's cultural appropriation. Well, that, they don't even know how to say Coca-Cola down here in the South. It's all Coca-Cola, whether it's a Pepsi-Cola, an RC-Cola. It don't matter. It's a Coca-Cola. It's not a bottle of pop. It don't go pop. It goes whoosh. You know, that is a great point, the regional terms. listen to this. I think I can be the first Southern person to play a Yankee in a movie. Oh, yeah? I've been practicing. Yeah, you could play that guy from, uh, uh, let's see, Babe Ruth. No, I can say... Are you ready for it to hear it, my, my my acting skills? I'm ready. I don't know if the rest of the world is ready. I think I'll have a bottle of pop. Okay. <laughs> and like Dan Aykroyd, you, you know, Driving Miss Daisy, great movie. I agree with Louis Grizzard. Wonderful movie. Dan Aykroyd. Spies Like Us is a great movie. It, he's funny. I will give him this. He's a great actor. But when he's sitting there saying, I'm over here, mother. I'm over here. I kept looking for a dab lame donkey. I thought he was playing a donkey. I don't get it. He don't know how to say over here, mother, over here. He don't know how to say it. And I wish somebody would talk Jackie Gleason how to say son of a bitch in Smokey and the Bandit because he wasn't saying it right either. Smokey and the Bandit, great movie. But you still got Yankees trying to, because I'm going to be honest with you. When you get up to the pearly gates, you know how it's going to be. God's going to be like, hey, y'all come on up here, sit down on the porch. We're going to have a Coca-Cola. I mean, right now, because I'm God. Or, or no sweet. Well, how about some sweet tea? Hey, I have a serious question. And you know what? For the Midwesterners and the Yankees that say pop, we do we use the word pop. But we don't say pop. In New we do. We say we'll pop you upside the head with this Coca-Cola bottle. Yeah, but in New England, we don't say pop. Well, what do you say up there? Soda. It's Coca-Cola. Hey, you know, 
And eighth brother Pepsi is the taste born in the Carolinas. That's a bunch of crap. Pepsi is a New York company. I, I will say this. I, I I do like a Coca-Cola, but a Dr. Pepper will always have a place in my heart. I like Dr. Pepper. You know, it turned out he wasn't a real doctor. I don't care what it was. He made a good drink. I was shocked when I found that out. I prefer the old recipe of Coca-Cola. Everybody does. <laughs> it intensifies your personality. <laughs> oh, I should not be drinking Dr. Pepper. We are gutter muppets. <laughs> Great term. Might have to make the gutter muppets make a return. Hey, I take it back. What? Dr. Pepper was a real medical doctor. Well, see, there Char you went. There you go again, half cocked and don't know the story for nothing. Charles Taylor Pepper, December 2nd. Oh, I share a birthday with him. 1830, different year. <laughs> Not by much. Was an American physician and surgeon who is often cited as the namesake for the soft drink brand Dr. Pepper. Now I got to drink Dr. Pepper Zeros, if not the Soul Bone Squawk. That's amazing. So you find new things every day. Yeah, but this could have been written by AI, so we don't actually know if it's true or not. If it's Wikipedia, that's not an excitable source. Hold on. I Wait, okay, that was on Wikipedia. Now, let's see what else here it says. No, and this is an article from saying uh, that the drink was concocted by a pharmacist, not a doctor, Charles Alderton. Well, I guess I most guess pharmacists are, are think they're doctors anyway. They think they're smarter than doctors. Of course, I don't know. I met some pretty dumb doctors in my time. Boy, what about all this disinformation? We need a misinformation disinformation bureau that can tell me the truth about Dr. Pepper and his no. You know what we need is what you know what we really need is people in Washington D.C. to get their dad blame nose out of everybody's freaking business. I agree. I about said a bad word right there, and I don't normally cuss. Not on the not on the show. That's true. I try not to cuss on the show, but you know, my when I was a little bitty boy, my Grammy Grammy taught me all them beautiful four letter words, and I learned how to say them with gusto. But when my mama heard it, and my aunt Mary heard it, and my aunt Dinky, they said, "Boy, you ain't so say them words. Them's cuss words." But you know, they just didn't look at it like me and Granny. We just saw them as sentence enhancements. They were not cuss words. They were sentence enhancements. They can be both. So I was going to enhance my sentence with something that I guarantee you that they would understand. Because, you know, yeah. I, I subscribe to the theory of General Patton. If you give it to them meek and mild, they won't hear it. But if you give it to them loud and dirty, they'll never forget it. I'm concerned about all these airplane and airline uh, airplane incursions going on. They had another one, like today. What are you talking about? Where the planes almost crash, like at the airport, because they're like uh, some are taking off and they're stopping in the wrong places. And well, all they must have of... something else they want you to not look at that's going on in the world. Yeah, it's, it's your, they're trying to kick in the people ADHD. Well. That's a kick. That's a kick to now, me. Now, okay, here's here's a question for you. I'm gonna pose you a question. Okay, go. Grits. go. We have a prosecutor, right? 
and he is going to indict a man on a felony that he has no jurisdiction to tr- to prosecute, and the most he can spoke to get out of it under state law is a misdemeanor, and the statute of limitations run out in 2021. How do you make that an indictment? I think the bigger concern, actually, is the fact that you have people running for prosecutorial office on a platform of, I am going to get this person. And our system of justice is not supposed to work that way. Well, considering the people that who is prerogative it is to prosecute said transgressions, said there was nothing there and nothing to prosecute. Correct. So what? So I don't get it. Look, uh, it's it's wholly political. There's no doubt about it. Well, you know, you and I, I had the. I don't know if it was the fortune or misfortune. I met some wonderful people. I had bacon in a cup. Mm. But when I when I accompanied you to your to your secondary homeland up in the land of Yankee dust, yes, and I told you right then and there, your love affair was not so bad. That rest of that crap you got to go through to get there, it wouldn't hurt me one bit if that entire city fell off the face of God's green earth because it would not hurt my feelings one bit. There's a lot of not very good cities, and most of them. I hate to say it, are run by the blue folks in the Democratic Party. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying Republicans are any better because I ain't a Republican. But I will say this. Republican policies tend to make for better cities. Well, I, I think part of it is we have to ask ourselves the question of how are we developing and educating the next generation of civic leaders and the answer is we're not. I mean, our schools are demonstrably. Do they pressured. even teach civics in school anymore? It's a good question. I don't think they teach civics anymore. We had civics and economics, but yeah. I don't think they teach civics anymore. It's a great question. I don't know. I mean, we really would like to know, are there any school teaching folks out there that can answer that question? Because I really honestly do not think that they teach it anymore. I may be wrong on that. Well, I, it, you know, we, we've focused so much of our efforts on the standardized education. Uh, and, and for a country that is focusing our efforts on standardizing an education, we, we, we haven't standardized on a good output. That's true. I mean, nobody knows how to do anything. Well, I, do, I did hear some good news today. I'm listening. Well, you know, California has been ravaged by droughts and all that. I have heard that. You know, you know, when they've been finding all the dead bodies, the mob dropped dropped in that lake out there, and I guess that's lake in the body, like yeah. me. But California has one of the largest snow peaks currently ever on record. Oh, it's uh, unbelievable the amount of snow. I was reading. Earlier. Now, how do you, uh, how do you reconcile that? But we're causing enough emissions to make. The surface of the earth feel like the gates of hell. Come on, where is Greta at in her lost childhood? If she has a problem with her lost childhood, she needs to look at her father and the people that exploited her and shut her mouth. 
But the thing is, we're raising generations of people that are paranoid at things they cannot control, nor should they control. The hubris of thinking you can control those things is is absurd. Well, I will tell you this. When that little girl opened her mouth, it's like fingernails going down a chalkboard. And I have never in my life wished harm on a human. But that time when she wouldn't get on the airplane and she was going to sail over to where she was going, I kind of wished her boat would have sunk. Well, I mean, here's the thing. That's her personal choice, and I respect that for what it is. Okay, I don't. But I, mean, go- I got a question: though. Is it her personal choice, or is it because she's been brainwashed by her handlers and her father's considering she's on the yeah. autism spectrum, yeah. and it's she's reparenting what they have told her to say? Because right. it's obvious with the with the but, mistakes but on Twitter that she is not the one doing it. Right, but that's but that's no different than any other student. We are no longer educating kids and with the the skill sets and the tools that they need to be critical thinkers. Okay, what we're doing is we're scaring the hell out of them. And you know, uh, I think this is probably going to be unpopular, but. Uh, as more and more people become re- uh, potentially re- less religious, the whole climate change is becoming a religion of its own where you're supposed to just blindly believe it. Hmm. Well, as for me and my house, we serve the Lord. Nice. I can't say that about everybody, and I, if you don't, and you listening and you don't, I just hope that you have a really good reason for not doing it. Cause right. But the thing is, it's all about personal choice. And who is the government or anybody else to tell you what you need to believe in or what you want to believe in if it does not harm someone else? And the answer is, there is no place for government in that role. Well... You know, that's a long, that's a whole nother rabbit hole talking about our government. Yeah, I know that it is. I don't think we're going to dive down that as we get ready to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus. And we do that by, uh, uh, here at the Grits household, we do that with ham and mm. eggs benedict. It's interesting because, you know, he drove demons into the pigs and drove them off the cliff. And that's why we eat ham? No. Actually, I think... I don't think we're supposed to actually eat ham. What are we supposed to eat? I don't know, but I don't think we're supposed to... I don't know. The ham thing may be in the Old Testament. I don't know. I'm under the New Covenant, so I don't do a lot with the Old Testament. Well, let's take a look here. One reason ham became the meat of choice for Easter dinner is because it was available. Well, boy, this is a very well-sourced article. Must be Wikipedia. Historically, pigs were slaughtered in the fall and cured yep. over the winter. They yep. were ready to eat once spring arrived, yep. and the Lenten fast ended. So there you go. Thank you, Martha Stewart. I love Martha Stewart. Her and Snoop Dogg are buds. Yeah, she's a convict. Yeah. I love her, though. She's much older than I thought she was. Yeah, she's up there with you. Yeah, uh, even then some. How much? Uh, how old do you think Martha Stewart is? I'd say Martha Stewart is probably 82 or 83. Oh, very close, Gritz. 81 years old. And I was going to say, I knew she is up there. How, how old is Snoop? I would say he's probably in his late 50s, early 60s. 51. Yeah, well, I was off on that. but How old is Keanu Reeves? I have no idea. I don't like any movie he's in. I find it very surprising. 
I'd uh, say he's 50 at least. He's almost 60. He's that 58. Well, he looked like he'd been road hard and put up wet. No, he doesn't. He looks great. No, he don't. Well, see, and here's the beauty of America. We each get to have our own opinion. Stop the clicking bad, that pen. The bad part is, is in America, usually I am right and you are wrong. Yeah, I'll give you that. <laughs> but now let's go back to the point that you said my story had a point. It did have a point. Are you happy? I'm happy. Well, that's good because that's the snout to the curly tail and everything in between and we're gone. You've been listening to the Buttercream and Grit Show. If you were able to make it to the end of the show, you have serious mental issues. And you're probably family. We hope you've enjoyed the show. If you did, make sure to like, rate, and review. And we'll be back soon. Drop us a note at grits at thecarolinaunderground.com. And if you're one of the rare listeners with opposable thumbs, go to www.thecarolinaunderground.com slash buttercream and grits. Stay crazy, motherfuckers. See you next time on the Buttercream and Grits Show. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.